0: Hey, everybody. Hope you're doing well today. It is Wednesday, May 26th, and we are starting 1 Timothy chapter 3. We are studying 1 Timothy chapter 3. Uh, sorry that we got a little bit of a late start today. My computer needed to restart a half an hour ago, and it's still not up to where it needs to be. So we are going live on my phone today. Yes, yeah, so we're going live on my phone today as we study 1 Timothy chapter 3. So thank you for making this part of your day, and uh, good morning to each and every one of you. Glad uh, to have you joining me live, and for those who will listen to this later, uh, glad to have you here. So, uh, okay, we are looking at 1 Timothy chapter 3, and we will go with verses 1 through 3. The saying is sure, whoever aspires to the office of bishop desires a noble task. Now a bishop must be above reproach. Married only once, temperate, sensible, respectable, hospitable, an apt teacher, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, and not a lover of money. Okay, so today's reading is kind of specific for bishops so far. Uh, that Most of us will never be a bishop. We have a bishop, Bishop Eric Grondberg. Uh, he does a great job, really like him, glad to have him. But most of us will never be a bishop. Most pastors will never be a bishop, and certainly most laypeople will never be a bishop. So this is kind of, but this tells us, this is directions to the church. As you pick a bishop, here are the things that the bishop um, should should be. And so uh, the word bishop itself is the Greek word episkopos, which could really be translated as just overseer, overseer of the church. So the bishop is a title that refers to a specific function or task which oversees the life and work of the church, the administration of the church. That's the work uh, of the bishop. So uh, what type of person can be a bishop, according to Paul? Well, they had to be above reproach, which means a life beyond criticism. Do you know anybody who lives a life beyond criticism, who lives a life that makes you say, I just can't criticize anything about the way that person lives. They're just, they're, they just live in such a way that it's not that they're perfect, but I just, there's nothing about them that I can criticize. You know, that when they make mistakes, they apologize, they admit their mistakes, they're humble, they're all these things. So, you know, what, is, what does a life above reproach look like? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I know I'm not living it. I do my best, but I'm not living it. Um, so they'd be married only once. So, faithful to their spouse, um, you know, married only once certainly is changing, right? The way the world is changing and the way that, uh, the way that people look at marriage is different now. But I think, uh, I, I think part of it, part of this is be faithful to your spouse. Remember that, uh, if we go back a couple of weeks, that there was a problem with different teachings in the church, Gnosticism, and people who were saying that uh, the flesh didn't matter, so do whatever you want to do with the flesh because the flesh doesn't matter. And so uh, Paul says, no, it, it does, it does. So remain faithful to your, uh, remain faithful to your spouse. Uh, not being a drunkard, so to be sober, to be sober. Now, uh, wine was drunk often back then uh, because really you had wine, milk, and water. Those are the three options of, of things to drink. And uh, a lot of the water was dirty, and so they would mix in wine. Uh, so wine was often drank, but it was mixed with water. It was two parts wine, three parts water. And it wasn't um, it wasn't a, an indulgence or, you know, this drink to get drunk. It was drank because it improved the water. Uh, to this day, it still improves the water. But, um, uh, you know, and so it's, it's don't drink... S- Don't drink to the point where it leads to sin. I think is what Paul's trying to say here. Uh, Says be well behaved, uh, temperate, sensible. You know, make good decisions. Um, You know, let let Jesus dwell in your heart and guide your life. Uh, (laughs) You know, don't don't have a bad temperament. Don't be somebody that people don't like to be around. You know, I mean, just be a a nice person. They were to be hospitable. Open your homes and hearts, and get to know people, and welcome people, and invite people, and include people. Uh, they were to be able to teach. You know, teaching is a primary duty of a Christian teacher, Christian leader, Christian preacher. I mean, that's why we do this, right? I'm a pastor, and my, one of my primary responsibilities is to preach, is to teach, to teach the faith, to teach the Bible. Uh, They were to be peaceful. They were to be peaceful, it says. Uh, uh, The, 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 the um the way to say the way it says in not violent but gentle um i mean christians are called to be peacemakers the greek word is amakos a-m-a-c-h-o-s so you get that kind of macho-ness it's a, a macho um which means kind of disinclined to fight uh, not wanting to be in quarrels not enjoying being in conflict right but working for peace and trying to live a life of peace uh gentle and free from the love of money. So gentle, you know, settling debates with love, not the law, uh, being a person of grace and not being in love with money. Uh, I think, uh, so kind of a, uh, a really good uh, couple verses here that, that really lets, you know, the things that a bishop should be. Uh, but I think, I think these are important things for, you know, all Christian leaders to, to strive for. Live a life beyond criticism, be be faithful to their spouse, be sober, be prudent, be well-behaved, be hospitable, Uh, teach, be peaceful, gentle, and refrain from the love of money. So, okay. Verses eight through nine. Deacons. Deacons, likewise, must be serious, not double-tongued, not indulging in much wine, not greedy for money. They must hold fast to the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. So, I'm mean, kind of a summary of, of what it says about bishops. Uh, for deacons, deacons are lay leaders in congregations, uh, and basically have the same requirements as bishops. But you know, the, the reality is that all Christian leaders should have the same understanding of what it means to be a Christian leader. The, take seriously the faith, teach the faith. You know, don't be someone who uh, who lives a life where criticism is 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 is, is oh, you are open to criticism. Um, so the the deacons, they were, uh, they were lay leaders in the congregation. They did a lot of the charity work of the congregation. They raised a lot of money for the poor and those in need, and they could easily abuse their position. And so, uh, Paul lays out instructions for them. And then verse 11, verse 11, I think you'll find interesting based on our study from last week. Uh, verse 11, women likewise must be serious, not slanderers, but temperate, faithful in all things. So the re there were women deacons or deaconesses in the early church. Paul knew that there were deaconesses in the early church. Paul knew that the church that he was writing to had women serving as deaconesses. Uh, And so, you know, we have this this reading from last week, chapter two, about how women should remain silent in church. And yet we have women lay leaders in the church uh, as deaconesses. And and Paul actually, um, in Romans 16, verse one, talks about Phoebe, who's a deaconess serving the early church and and how, um, you know, there were women leaders in the church. And what he warns them about is do not be slanderers. Do not be slanderers do not say bad things about others do not say bad things about others do not gossip right do not do not be someone who gives uh, who goes around and talks bad about other people Uh, in luther's uh, uh, small catechism the eighth commandment is you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor luther says what does this mean This means we should fear and love God so that we do not tell lies about our neighbor, betray him, slander him, or hurt his reputation, but defend him, speak well of him, and explain everything in the kindest way. So that, I mean, that's basically kind of the eighth commandment here. Do not be slanderers, right? Do not go around and talk bad about other people. Go around and and talk about them in the kindest way possible. Protect your neighbor's reputation protect your neighbors, uh, be, uh, pretend your neighbor is above reproach because it is not our jobs to criticize one another. So uh, an important, I mean, he says, verse, verse 11, women likewise must be serious, not slanderers. I'd say all people, all people should not be slanderers, right? Do our best to talk the, in the best way possible about all those who we come in contact with, um, right? And so this is something that's really hard today, it's really hard to look at people in the best light possible and to talk about them in the best way possible, in the kindest way, but that's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to do. Okay, verses 14 and 15. Uh, this is basically the last part of the chapter that we're going to do today. There's a verse 16, but uh, uh, we will just going to do verses 14 and 15. So, okay, I hope to come to you soon, but I am writing these instructions to you so that if I am delayed, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and bulwark of the truth. And so Paul says, basically, the whole reason I am writing this letter is to tell you how to behave in church. How to behave in church. Not not in worship, but in the community of the church. How do you behave in the community of the church? First, the church which is the household of God, right? When you think about your household, basically you're talking about your family, right? And so the church is the family of God is what Paul is saying here. So this is how you behave in the family of God. These are the things to do, right? Uh, the, The church, but it's not just the church of God, it's the church of the living God, meaning that God is alive and within the church in the church and the church of a group of people who have responded to a living God, not a dead God, not a God who is gone, but a living God, a God who we can follow, a God who we can praise, a God who we can rely on for strength and for guidance and for comfort. Uh, and so that—that that is who we are. We are the church of the living God, the God who is among us, the God who is guiding us. And the church is the pillar and bulwark of the truth, the uh, bulwark or foundation of the truth. We are to be people of the truth, the truth. Uh, to ho- we hold up the truth so that everyone can see it. We are people who tell the truth, that uh, proclaims the truth. We are people who speaks the truth. Uh, and the truth is, of course, Jesus Christ. So there we go. That's First um, Timothy chapter 3. And we got a little bit of a late start, and uh, it's kind of a short chapter. And, uh, you know, there's a lot about bishops. And, well, I mean, it's good because the church need bishop The church needs bishops, and the Bible needs to talk about bishops. But,. Sometimes it's not always the most exciting thing to study. It's not very controversial. It just kind of is what it is. And that's what Paul has to say about bishops and deacons and deaconesses. And then uh, a word or two about slandering and gossiping and doing our best to hold each other up uh, and, and and think think the best we can and see each other in the best way possible, which I know would be really helpful in the world today. Uh, so we will stop there and we will continue next week with 1 Timothy chapter 4. And we'll close with a word of prayer. Uh, Lord God, we thank you for the servants of your church who are leaders. We thank you for our bishops and pastors and deacons and deaconesses. Uh, we pray that you would help us all to live out the truth, proclaim your truth, proclaim your love, uh, be your people and uh, follow, your gu- uh, follow your guidance as you are with us as a living God. Uh, you have called us, you have claimed us and we are grateful to be your people. We are grateful to be your church. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, everybody have a wonderful day and we will see you next week.